हरे गुरु वैश्व भागवत गुरु गुरु Why the six Goswamis 
are very special because they remove all obstacles. Jitna ki digna hai. Just like we think Ganesh is Vignesha. In some places, Guru is also Vignesh. Is that like he takes away the Vignas? Vigna Vinasha. Narsinga Dev is Vigna Vinasha. And for devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the six Goswamis, they remove obstacles. Vigna Vinasha. How many of you have any obstacles in your spiritual life? Anyone? Call it to a Vigna Hyde, Paramatic Jeevanman, or Bada Achi to Mother Jeevanman, Paramatic Jeevanman. Kabi Kabi Hotai, Hotta Hosaktai. Abi Nayal, Bobisha Hosaktai. So, Shego Saika Ashubad says, says, The dust from the Lord's feet is my five types of food. The punch prakar ahar hai. Of the punch prakar ahar, not another meta, or the pada renu hai, the pada duli hai, shalaga sign. Okay, pada duli mera ahar hai, punch prakar ahar. Nade charana sevi bhakta sanivas. I want to serve, you see, the lotus feet and live in association with the devotees. But they're charan saving to serve their lotus feet. Charan means lotus feet, Parapadma. Bhagavan ka jo suddha bhakt shalago sai hai, unka si charan me seva kona. Okay, Bhakto, Sakti, Bhaskara, these are Vyaskiyas. You are Janakiliyama, Janame Janakiliyama. Bhu Janam, Oh Sakti, Khush Thakri, Mehai. Bho Khush Hoga. Okay, Bhakti, Sakti, Bhaskara, one can say one He's very happy to serve. He's a life after life. That's his uh, intention. This is very important for us because serving in an association of devotees is very important. Because devotees have different outlook on life. But to the start, Seva Parna, the both he gets more strength in the association of devotees. So they do different, uh, let's go to the program at the hall, let's have some spiritual prasadam. So that association, also that appreciation. They know that to serve Krishna in association with devotee, that's like being in spiritual world. To Paramatic Jagat means 
बास करना अपने संति बास करना फर्क नहीं है Because it's all scattered, like Brahma Vaivarta Pran has something, this Pran has something, that Pran. So one of us had the time to study all the Puranas and piece it together. They took it all together and put it, this is what's going on. Plus to their own realization and some secrets revealed to them, they get a full picture. That's why very ecstatic. Aranda Bolo Hari Vajrabindai. When you say it, you feel uh, so happy. What Aranda Vajrabindai is focusing. Aranda Bolo Hari Vajrabindai. Aranda Bolo Hari Vajrabindai. Guru Vaishnava Pada Padma Kuryas. 
I simply desire the service of the Guru and the Vaishnava devotees. Guru Vaishnava ka charan seva as Vatahu. This as andame my nama sankirtan Vatahu. This, uh, his, uh, this type of meditation and prayer sung in a more of a quick, quick uh, tempo. Not so much of a bhajan singer, no lack of time. But uh, this uh, bhajan is a very deep meaning. Uttarita hai, this bhajan ka bohanda me bhot dovya aachai. Hari hari bhifale janam noayinu, manusha janam apayinu, Radha Krishna Bhajaya Bhajaya Janya Sumya Visha Khani. Mera Janam to Bifal Hogya. Manush Janam Hogya. Mera Radha Krishna Bhajaya Janya Sumya Visha Khani. Bhubish Khaniya. what is that poison? Poison of materialistic life. Materialistic life. Poisons are spiritual life. Of course, you can say that spiritual life poisons the material life. Once you get a taste for spiritual life, then in Parikshit, inquired from Sukadeva Goswami, O great sage, why did King Priyavrata, who was a great self-realized devotee of the Lord, remain in household life, which is the root cause of the bondage of karma, fruitive activities? and which defeats the mission of human life. Report by Srila Prabhupada. In the fourth canto, Srila Sukadeva Goswami explains that Narad, the Narada Muni perfectly instructed King Priyavrata about the mission of human life. The mission of human life is to realize oneself and then gradually to go back home, back to Ghana. Since Narada Muni instructed the king fully on this subject, why did he again enter household life, which is the main cause of material bondage? Maharaja Parikshit was greatly astonished when King Priyavrata remained in household life especially since he was not only a self-realized soul, but also a first-class devotee of the Lord. A devotee actually has uh, no attraction for household life, but surprisingly, King Priyavata enjoyed household life very much. When we argue, why is it wrong to enjoy household life? We find that in household life, one becomes bound 
by the results of virtual activities. The essence of household life is sense enjoyment. And as long as one engrosses his mind working hard, for sense enjoyment, one becomes bound by the reactions of fruitive activities. This ignorance of self-realization is the greatest defeat in human life. The human form of life is especially meant for getting out of the bondage of fruitive activities. But as long as one is forgetful of his life's mission, and acts like an ordinary animal, eating, sleeping, waiting, and fending. He must continue his conditional life of material existence. Such a life is called Swarupa Vismiti. Forgetfulness of one's real constitutional position. Therefore, in Vedic civilization, one is trained in the very beginning of life as a brahmachari. The brahmachari must execute austerities and refrain from sex indulgence. Therefore, if one is completely trained in the principles of brahmachari, he generally does not enter household life. He is then called a naistiki, a naistika. Brahmachari, which indicates total celibacy. King Pariksit was thus astonished that the great king Priyavrata, although trained in the principles of Naistika Brahmacharya, entered household life. The words Bhagavata Atma Rama are very significant in this verse. And one is self satisfying as is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is called Bhagavata Atma Rama. There are different kinds of satisfaction. <coughs> Karmis are satisfied in their fruitive activities. Ganis are satisfied to merge into the effulgence of Brahman. And devotees are satisfied to engage in this Lord's service. The Lord is self-satisfied because He is fully opulent. And one who is satisfied by serving Him is called Bhagavata Atmarama. Manushyanam Sahasreshu. Out of many thousands of persons, one may be a brother, they may endeavor. For liberation, now many thousands of persons attempting to become liberated, one may achieve liberation from the anxieties of material existence and become self-satisfied. Even that satisfaction, however, is not the ultimate satisfaction. The Ganis and the Karnis have desires as do the Yogis. But devotees have no desires. Satisfaction in the service of the Lord is called akama, freedom from desire, and this is the ultimate satisfaction. Therefore, Maharaj Pariksit inquired, How could one who was fully satisfied on the highest platform be satisfied with family life? <coughs> the word prabhava in this verse is also significant. When one is satisfied in family life, he is doomed because he must already have forgotten his relationship with the Lord. Alat Maharaj describes how the activities of family life implicate one more and more. Atma Bhatam Vihamanda Kupam. Also, life is like a dark well. If one falls into this world, his spiritual death is assured. How Priyavrata Maharaj remained a liberated Paramahamsa, even within family life, is described in the very next verse.
The bodies are certain liberated persons, therefore are great, greatest of the Brahmanas. They cannot possibly be absorbed in family affairs. So this is the fifth canto, first chapter, first verse, and second verse. Priyavrata Maharaj was the son of Swayambhuva Mahu. He, uh, as a disciple of Narada Muni, had been practicing his devotional service and become uh, very advanced. So he was uh, able to be totally absorbed into Krishna as a prince. His father asked him to take over the ruling of the world. Then he was uh, concerned that maybe I'll get uh, diverted from my spiritual path if I had to take up all this family affairs. So then In order to counter, and then he was uh, not quite agreeable. Although he can't refuse his father, at the same time, he wanted to be sure that this was the right thing to do. So this chapter is actually the discussion where Brahmadev comes down and preaches to King Priya, brother Prince Priyavrata, on how he can remain Krishna conscious in the grounds of life. and how he can rule the world and still not be diverted from his devotion service. So, It's very relevant because here most people are grihastas or probably planning to be a grihastas and not one more you. And uh, it's, it's also the verses we read today highlight 
that grihastha life without Krishna consciousness is very dangerous. I know I met one man who came to me and said, samsara parodharma. Household life is the supreme dharma. But they said that uh, you cannot find these things in anywhere in the Shastra. Another is saying that Vihasa uh, life is, uh, of course, it's uh, much more responsible than someone who is just like a bachelor and not uh, taking any responsibility. At the same time, uh, it's uh, very much entangling in the material fruitive activities. Whenever we have any happiness in material life, that means we're getting more implicated <coughs> in material suffering. So, ultimately it came down to a simple formula. <coughs> We have to do what the Lord wants us to do. If the Lord wants us to be a grihasta, be a king or be a whatever, then we do it as the Lord wants us to do it. And then sometimes people, they come, they're already grihastas, they've already been in their family entanglements, they want to leave it. The Lord Chaitanya said, don't talk about that, because that's also artificial. Rather, transform your Grihastha life to a preaching mission. Jani Dakro Tari Prabhu Krishna Pradesh, Amarante Guru Mayatavari Desh. He told one Grihastha in Andhra Pradesh, and Purman Stam, this year we went to the Kormastan. It's about two, three hours drive from Visakhapatnam. Uh, You've heard of Visakhapatnam? So did you go right to Kormadesh? Yeah, it's north. You have to go on National Highway. Yeah. <coughs> oh no, it's very close to only the Sakapatnam. <laughs> I don't think so. I may be wrong. I got the impression that we are going north. Sikurma. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, whichever way. One way or the other, it's, it's on the way. But I think we are going to go the opposite way towards the northern side, towards uh, Orissa. Orissa. I think so, because otherwise we could have gone in the other way uh, to Vijayawada, but we were here to go the other way. That is called Vijayanada, towards Orissa side, from Vijayawadam to Vijayanada. 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 Vijayanada is south. Vijayanada. So, I have a slide actually. This is a very ancient temple. They say that in India, in the world, it's the only Kurma temple. Have you ever heard of another Kurma temple? Kachap. This uh, church of Lord Tortoise. They keep saying Lord Tortoise. So he's uh, got the round uh, back and four legs and head and tail. The tail was uh, is, uh, somehow, I don't know what happened to the tail. So a big tail was given by Shankaracharya Adi Shankara. He gave a big uh, Sudarshan Chakra shield, which he put by the tail. And you can see his head, and there's the legs you can't see, but they say the legs are underneath it, like some. Covering some cloth to cover the legs. <coughs> so, this uh, deity, they say, helps to remove the Purva Janam, uh, you see, Kalanka, any kind of previous birth difficulties. If anybody is facing some kind of problem from their previous birth, 
So I can figure out why I'm facing this problem. That type of problem is uh, destroyed by permanent personality problems and health problems, spiritual obstacles. So Lord Chaitanya, he is famous because when he went there, he had cured uh, one leper called Vasudeva uh, from leprosy. So everyone knows in the time of 500 years, they all know Lord Chaitanya. He put his lotus footprint there. The Lord Chaitanya visited here and he cured a leper. So then he handed down from father to son. See also there was one Brahmana who came to him and said, I got house, I got family, I got all kinds of facilities, wife, children, money, social status, everything. But I'm not happy. So we'll leave everything and join you and become sannyasi. Then Lord Chaitanya said, Don't, I want to hear this from you ever again. All these words should come from your mouth. This is like a monkey renunciation. <coughs> you don't like what you're doing, you want to renounce everything. This is not renunciation. Rather, you use your family as a base for preaching. You have your social status, you have your social, uh, everything. So now you can tell everyone you meet to chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. It's amazing. See, Prakshit Maharaj, he's first to die. What's the first thing he did? He left his family. Duties, left his kingly duties. He's sitting by the side of the holy river and he's asking uh, the sages, tell me what I can do to get liberation. Because uh, he, knows, he knows that this happiness that we get in the family life isn't free. It comes with a price. It comes with a price of repeated birth and death. So somebody is really interested in their liberation, that they have to somehow counteract it. So normally, like if you're in the Gana mind, a lot of people are Ganyans. We like Ganyans, you know, so we like Karmakanda. But Karmakanda, anyway, doesn't give liberation at all. All it gives is Swargavas, heavenly. And the Ganyans, they also, they say, if you want to get liberation, you have to be a sannyasi. It's only the bhakti yoga. If you have examples like Priyarata Maharaj, like Prishit Maharaj, like Dhruva Maharaj, like Yudhisthira Maharaj, like Arjuna Maharaj, like Amparish Maharaj, people who were householders, who lived with their wife and family, or like Draupadi, Lady Sai, Kunti, Amtramayana, and many other great Vaishnavis. Uh, because they were engaging in devotional service as a Grihastha, they could overcome the danger that household life brings. Because if we are too much happy, when you find someone who's, oh, I don't have no need spiritual life, I'm very happy. I mean, the person is in big danger. They don't realize what it means is that you're very happy, you're very attached to material life, you're doing all kinds of karmas, but you have to again take birth again. If you again take birth, you're going to come back. You're not going to get moksha in the life. And, and because of the, if there's bad karmas that were performed, maybe this life you had a good birth, brahmana or something, if you don't do even the good karmas, like previously, people at least the in household life, they did their karmas. They did their sadkarma kriyas. So as a result, every time they could get another good birth. But now people are not, even they don't think that I, I got a good job in, uh, you know, in my Infosys or in some company, and this is because of my hard work and my good education. They don't see that this is because of their karma that from previous life they could get the opportunity to have a good education, have the opportunity to get a good body, 
so that everyone could walk behind the video camera. Just to let you know. And give them a space. That uh, it's not a common thing. There's lots of people in this world who don't have a good education, who don't have a big salary. Many of our devotees that are struggling, working hard, who don't have that same opportunity. Why did somebody get ahead and somebody didn't? Now the karmi, the, 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 uh, the materialistic people, they think it's just because of our hard work. But even in America, you got poor people also. It's not like the American dream it includes within it a lot of uh, suffering people also. There's no social support. I would say you know, the American dream is probably more relevant, more, you could say, the Australian dream or the New Zealand dream or the Swedish dream or something. Or even a poor person can get medical treatment. In America, they don't have a subsidized uh, medicine unless you can under some special category of Medicare. And a poor person doesn't get the medical treatment they need. Which <coughs> doesn't exist. It's very difficult. There's no social, it's not a socialistic state, it's totally capitalistic. So a lot of people are suffering everywhere in the world, even even people have all of that they need. It doesn't mean that they don't suffer. So how we get how much happiness, how much distress? How about success? It says we're getting the result of good karmas from previous life, charity given, pujas performed, different kinds of uh, such karmas that were performed, they give a good birth, they give a good education, they give a good body with a certain capacity to it, they give all this kind of freedom from disease. And the lack of those things are due to less karma. So somebody's not doing any karma in this life, not doing any charity, not doing any right kind of charity. Some people do charity, which is that maybe uh, they're distributing fish <coughs> to the Cambodian refugees or something or something. They're actually doing a bad karma because they're responsible for killing the fish. So they should do the right kind of karma. But even if they do good karma, they get a good birth, that's all. Doesn't mean moksha. Or jnana, they can study jnana and all that, but they won't get the, the liberation until they are, are free from the family life. According to Shankaracharya, if you, if you take his view. So that's where the, actually the, Bhakti Yoga is so important. Everybody needs to do Bhakti Yoga. Giving in charity to Krishna, but also practicing every day our daily activities as offering to Krishna. This is what I said, you know, some people call it true religious. Most people that say true religious, they think that they want to, they're going to take birth again. It's not true religious, it's, a, it's actually what we need. We need to have a regular sadhana, a regular practice of devotional service. And that <coughs> is some of these. Uh, that's therefore the Grihastas as well as the Vairagis. Uh, so the Grihastha's type of devotional service may be different, but that's why this Priyaranta whole chapter is very important because at face value, like Priksha just saying, well, he's a Grihasti. So from a very superficial point of view, he's thinking that, well, he's um, enjoying Grihastha life, he's having children, he's a king, he's having money, all these things. So he's entangled. But that's <coughs> obviously, I mean, even a great devotee like Pariksha does not uh, 
fully clear about our greatness of the devotional service. Because generally people are trained in karma and get maybe a little yoga. Bhakti is really a, a very confidential practice. Even Parikshit Maharaj is such a great devotee, he's asking such questions. Even his parents are so great, his grandparents, the Pandavas. But he has also this doubt. So this chapter reveals actually how we are to by the practice of Bhakti Yoga. By carrying out the order of Krishna, he didn't want to be married, actually. He's resisting. He's questioning his father. She says, it's not dangerous for me. Sometimes you get a situation where in a family, one of the children doesn't want to get married, doesn't want to be involved in a family, but they want to do devotional service. Quite rare, but it happens occasionally. Then the parents, they try to pressure the child. Because normally if someone doesn't want to get married, it's not good. Maybe they'll have some illicit relationship, maybe they'll have some love marriage later. Better to find a good girl that will be able to create a good family. This is the normal logic. It's quite reasonable logic, actually. But, uh, from the, from the traditional point of view. And I mean, I respect that. But there are some cases where someone is really spiritually advanced and they're not inclined. This case happened with one of the very rich families in India, one of the billionaire families. Is the son, he wanted to become a devotee at one point. And actually the parents flipped out with his only son. So the only son was really tough. Sometimes the youngest son or son get away with it. It was the only son. Then their parents, you know, they did all the all plugs they pulled and they stopped the boy that no you absolutely can't do anymore. They watched him But he was a very nice devotee. And then Okay, so they succeeded to turn him away from Krishna a little bit. But then he knew, then the other thing happened, you see, that if he went, of course, if he had practiced more, but we usually, 90%, even they practice devotional service, they usually get married, not 90, 99, 98, 99%. Anyway, they get married. But after some preparation. In this case, the parents flipped out, they didn't let him go to the temple much. Then he would send him off somewhere. Then he got into love with some girl. The parents didn't like that girl either. <coughs> they said, you can't marry. Then finally the both of a boy and a girl, they commit suicide together. And then the parents, they're devastated. What have we done? They're over trying to control every step of life. Control, control, control. Finally they finish. Stop. Then they realized that if you let him be devoted, maybe things would have happened a totally different way. Maybe we, you know, we were wrong. He was a good boy. He was a spiritually inclined boy. We didn't let him follow what his calling was, his aspiration. In the new course, whether he'd be married or not, like Krishna would have seen, that would have been revealed. But he had a calling at that time, but we block it. Then, okay, then we put him in more Maya, and he had another fall down kind of. Every step that we could adjust them. They donated uh, many things in the name of the son. I don't want to mention the family, but it's a very private thing, but they're very well known family. This is a family you see in the newspaper almost every day in India. It's one of the top ten big families in India. So <laughs> you face these things all the time. Sometimes somebody wants to become the devotee and live in the temple. Usually they become, then later after some time they realize what their nature is, whether it's better for them. But we advise the Kali Yuga, we don't want people to become sannyasis. Sannyas is not recommended. But, uh, but someone that takes some training as a brahmachari when they're unmarried, 
this is a bad thing if they have inclination. Then they can take that training. Then at some point in the progress, they decide whether they want to remain as a brahmachari or they want to uh, get married. As I said, most people, the alpha men, get a bit secure. But this time now they marry someone who are Krishna conscious girl. And the girl wants also a good husband that's Krishna conscious. They try to create a Krishna conscious family. So that's a situation that happened with Sikharama Muni, with Devahuti. He realized that I need to go through the Grihasta experience before I can uh, do other phases of renunciation or anything. I need to experience that. I need to go through that. So he got married to Devahuti, who was the daughter of the same Swayamurama. Now this is the son of Swayamurama. So now he wants to get, he should know, maybe Swayamurama himself wants to know, he's getting older. He wants now to go into Vanaprasa, <coughs> to go into the more retired life. So he needs his son to take up the load as the king. The son needs the most spiritually inclined, so what to do? So they can't, they're not forcing him, they're to convince him. That's the whole secret. You force somebody, they're not convinced. You have to convince them, watch the right thing. But in this case, they are convincing to become a Grihasta. And how he can be saved? Because now even the father, the son is not accepting what the father says. There's a clash here. Father and son disagreement. Father wants you that you should become a householder. Son is saying, what about my spiritual life? Will I take me to save? So Brahma himself is going to come down and instruct Priyavrata. We're getting the top authority in the universe coming. Because being a Manu is not, it's not a small thing. It's like being Indra, being Manu, very big post. So really what's happening in Priyavrata is becoming one of the Manus. Something like that. He's taking a very major role in the universe. I don't know if he's becoming Manu or he's becoming head of the whole planet, but something. Very significant. Like millions of people are going to be uh, depending on his guidance and management. So, whole planet. So Brahma comes down and instructs him, and his instructions are really relevant for all of us. Even 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 now as a sannyasi, we have to deal. We're not like that type of sannyasi. Karma sannyasi is totally forbidden in. Uh, this Kali Yuga, going off in the forest and just doing renunciation. Even we who are the so-called sannyasis, when we take vow of celibacy, but apart from that, we have to deal with the, we have our, like, the Yitzchak is a corporation in many countries, with the corporate directors. Although we have to deal with the corporate problems. We have to, we have to apply for income tax exemption, and we have to turn in our annual reports, and, we have to see that uh, all the branches are meeting the account procedures. If there's some disciplinary problem, we have to deal with it. We have to, you know, so many factors have to make planning for temples. And, but of course, it's all direct service to Krishna. So that's the point, is that we're doing something directly for Krishna, even though it might appear to be like somewhat of a mundane activity. I mean, you could be planning a factory or we're planning a temple, but it's all the same civil engineering. We're sitting and looking at blueprints and we're seeing the floor plans and the master plans and all everything. So the activity is the same, but then we're doing it for Krishna. So by doing it for Krishna, it becomes spiritualized. So how does that, he has to do the things for Krishna, that's the secret. You see, if he's, if he's sometimes they do some direct things, like they're pitching and they're having a bhakti viksha in their house, or they're coming to the program or listening to the classes, that's that's one way. Other thing is like, Prabhupada said, like their work. So we're working, we're getting a certain income. So that income also is like, it's like kind of transferring our work into money, right? The money is the result of the work. So all the work, some total is the money we get out of it. The portion of that, if we're giving directly to some seva for Krishna, that purifies to that extent our work. Now we can never give 100%, so that if we 
And actually 50% of our profit, of our surplus, of what we don't, above what we need to just survive, then actually that's as good as a sannyasi. Normally Gihasta would give, uh, of course hardly anybody here, I don't know, it's somehow hard to calculate what we need to survive and how we need to do it. The different ways of calculating it. Like if somebody wants to be a member of the governing body commission, this kind that's a Grihasta. He can do it. But then it says if he's working, and there's two kinds, those who are fully dependent on his time, those who are partially dependent, they're, and those who are like self-sufficient financially, but they're working full-time, more or less for this kind, a little part-time, they're doing some independent uh, business or something, and those who are totally outside the uh, employed. So for those who are totally outside employed, to be a GBC at this kind, the 50% they have to be spending in Krishna to show. So 50% they're spending somehow on Krishna conscious activities on their total budget. So they can be a very exemplary, uh, you know, exemplary masters. Otherwise, there's only people we enforce it in this one. We don't enforce it for others. It's their voluntary what they want to do. But some formulas are given. How we can be Krishna conscious and how we can get back to Godhead. Of course, normally even if someone goes to the Grihastha, like they leave in the end, they don't know. The husband, wife, when they retire, they become like Vanapasta. So then already they can sit out of the Grihastha, like, but they're still living together. But as a Vanapasta, they take celibacy. Wow, I mean, they don't have any more relations. So that, that, till that time, they can be considered Grihastas. Even some Grihastas don't have relations. But they're still actively doing their businesses and managing things. So they kind of retire from all that and they're just doing preaching and they're just doing, uh, you can say, uh, visiting holy places and that type of thing, spiritual activities. They're just guiding maybe the family business, the children are running, they guide them sometimes, but they're not doing the hands on management. Then that's considered like a Manaprastha stage. Where in the case of uh, well, they're still managing the business themselves. Like yesterday we were at uh, Bahrain and Balaram Desh, and there we uh, met one Grihastan who was 74 years old. He's still managing his uh, business. But his son is helping out, but he hasn't, he hasn't given up the management of the business. He, he's <coughs> still on it. So at 74, it's not really, it's not a bad person. Although, maybe do the age, some of it, I don't know. So you have this kind of phases in life. Usually most people come up to, many people, not most, but a rare people might come up to Manaprastha. The final stage of Manaprastha is one is quite uh, separate from the family. But uh, still goes and visits and everything, sees how things are going. Then the sannyas is actually when you fully uh, renounce the uh, connection with the, with the wife. If in this time, unless the wife give permission, you don't let anybody take sannyas. It has to be something really well organized for the to. Or sometimes, uh, in one case, like uh, Puri Maharaj, his wife died of cancer. And the daughter, who was still said, wait two, three years because you have a daughter, let her get settled. Do your family, finish off all your duties as a Grihasta, then your wife is in law, and then you can consider it to do you so maybe take sannyas. In the beginning, you know, took, a lot of people were taking sannyas very cheaply, and it wasn't really unsuccessful. They'd go back to their families, or they would be in anxiety, it was too much of a shock. So now there's a whole system, like, if somebody's under, under 40, they had to wait some like 10 years to get sannyas. If they're over 40, it's a 5-year waiting list. Over 50, there's a 3-year waiting list. Plus, they had to get permission from the family. Plus, they had to settle down to all the family. The wife has all systems maintained properly. She's got everything settled, some pension and all that. And they had to do their diabetes as a greenhouse. Then they can renounce. Not, uh, as long as the wife is, uh, of course, uh, 
the life we raised them are something that's more of a picture. As long as the wife is dependent on the husband. So most people actually they stay as a grihasta, but that they may need to really form their grihasta life. So that Krishna is a, is a nature. The it takes a gradual practice, especially if they're just starting new. How do they first start out a few rounds and they start coming with programs and eventually then the, they do the regular reading and learning how to sadhana bhakti, they doing pujas in their house. And uh, maybe be a little contribution for some Krishna conscious project or something. Then when they build their house uh, back in India, when they, when they build their residence, somehow it's good if they have the capacity, they have some facility where they can preach also. Have a preaching room. If it's a little separate, then it won't be a disturbance for the family. Sometimes people, they don't like to go to somebody's house for programs in India. It's like that. One reason or another, some family food or something. If they have a separate facility, then uh, they don't mind. Or it's a big hassle when people come in the house, they put a whole vibe on the household. So, in some respects, uh, if those people have a standalone house, it's nice to have the whole kitchen facility. Separate. Somehow, to to keep that, but now as a devotee, I had to continue on with my devotional service. Now, being here in the Middle East is a special facility because Prabhupada said if you're doing a, some kind of preaching in a difficult place like the Middle East, you get a thousand times the benefit. It's like being almost, if you're in a holy dam, you get a thousand times, if you're in the Middle East, you get a thousand times. So here the Grihastas who are doing the Bhakti Vikshas in their home where, or are they taking some responsibility to organize the programs and everything. They're really doing a great sacrifice. To different degrees some risks might have been involved. Now we know a lot of those risks have been neutralized by the new constitution and the support of the ministries and things. And but still, there's always some you know, tension a little bit because if neighbors complain or anybody complain, then there's always some problem. So what has to be? It's not like you know. I mean, even in the West, if neighbor complains, sometimes the police come. You know, but here, it means you could lose your job or something. So there's a little tension. You want to do that things? If you do it carefully, there's no problem. But you have to be careful. That's always. In Shaman, there's someone who I told them to be very loud. People are gathering outside in front. And so finally, you know, I told them, in fact, I ran from the house one and I said, You people are crazy. You don't know where you are. Because you're all following me and everything. And uh, I said, You know, you can't do all this thing. You have to be very discreet, stay in here, say goodbye inside. Don't follow me outside. Don't do all this thing. And sure enough, some neighbor complained, and that's a very tight place. Sharia law and everything, and they uh, they stopped uh, they stopped it, but they didn't export it. There was no permanent damage, but definitely the landlord came and said, that "No more program here. You're finished." So this attention always you know, they not to you know, and, they, and sometimes you know, especially our Bangladeshi devotees, they don't complain, but they're the very enthusiastic people. I love them. They're dear to me. I, but the one thing is there's too much enthusiastic sometimes. And uh, they have to be very careful. Because uh, their enthusiasm, sometimes they forget where we are. You know, we have to adapt according to the time, place, and circumstance. But the upside is because of this tension, because of this slight danger that's there. If somebody is doing that preaching, they're also getting a big benefit. They're getting a thousand times the benefit. So it's a very, sorry, it doesn't come without its perks, you know. You just like to work in Middle East to get a bigger salary, but some downside, some upside. So when you're doing some preaching, a little bit of attention area, so there's a downside, there's an upside. 
Probably when you go back to India and preach, you'll find a Bhartak. You may get less credit. You won't get a thousand dollars. Thank you for watching our videos. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We publish new videos every day. And don't forget to like and share our channel.